Now, now, Stefan, I've I've known of you since I've known John, right? So two things has definitely been has been continuous and always like a topic or, or been brought up. And that, that's comics and superheroes, and then also you. Both of you guys' uh, relationship in comics and storytelling. So I'm just kind of curious, like how did how did you two meet? We actually met in a um in a in an English writing class at City College in New York. Found out we liked comics, and then we we, we became friends right after that. So how did that connection with comics come up? Because I know like there was a time now now nowadays it almost seems like it wouldn't make any sense. But I know back then, and being a person who loved that kind of stuff back in the day it wasn't necessarily an easy conversation to have, especially if you are not a kid. Were you surprised when you found another person like you that also was into the same kind of stuff like that? Probably just came up as a natural part of a conversation. Because okay. I've never stopped reading them ever since I was roughly 10 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. I gave you a story about, you know, I had, I had taken a break in it, but actually in 1988, I would have been 23. I would have been 23, so it's still around the age that, you know, or probably the age you you still have some young nerds, you know, going into their 20s. And now specifically how we would have gotten into comics, I couldn't tell you because that's like, you know, a thousand years ago. I could tell you probably, probably I opened up my bag and you could probably just see like comic covers oozing all over the place. And he thought, oh, you like comics? And we probably talked like that. It wouldn't surprise me if that's how, you know, that's how it came up. Okay. But we're we're roughly the same age. Um, well, actually, um, he's like about eleven months older than me, so we're in the same age bracket. That was around the time that I first started going to actual comic book shops okay. instead of just the general, you know, corner store. Was when I was in, um, I think, very late. No, it would have been when I was in college. Yeah, because in high school I was still going to general stores like the corner store and then when i was in the marines it was bookstores that had comic book racks in them right so my time at city would have been the first time i started going to actual comic book stores so it may have been like i used to go on thursdays so who knows it may have been a thursday and maybe i mentioned that i was going to a store or something okay, I okay. To, um, that would have been probably forbidden planet yeah i'm familiar with them they still around i i, I um buy from them online i dig them it's funny, by the time I had met Stefan, I had already been going to um, Forbidden Planet um, at the old location. I didn't start going there maybe until like 1985, 1986. And before then, you can go down the block and, you know, you have a newsstand and they'll have, you know, in New York, they have everything inside a newsstand. So you went there and then they had comic book racks and magazines over there. You could just buy your comics. But it, was, it wasn't until I got to Kingsborough when I went to community college in 86, 87, that I started going to Forbidden Planet. Okay. Okay. But with us, um, he he probably, we probably saw a book. It was, it was probably out of my bag because he's a lot more organized than I am. I would have had all types of stuff oozing out of my bag and he could have just seen that. And we, we would have just developed a conversation from that then. What we actually were interested in, going back now, I can't even remember what we, <laughs> were, you, were you more a Marvel guy or a DC guy? At the time, I was more a Marvel guy. I think you were more a DC guy at the time. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. That would make sense. Well, Stefan, what, what switched you over then? Are you still a Marvel guy or are you now you're more into uh, DC? And now I'm everything. Okay. When I do Marvel, I DC, I do independent stuff. So what gravitates you to a story or to a, a particular hero? I think to a story, if if I come across something that looks like it might be interesting, one of the good things about the stores is 
like they'll let you pick up a book and sort of flip through it really quickly to get a sense of what it's about. So I think the, the latest things that I discovered, and I'm upset because they're both running behind schedule, is uh, Adventure Man and Seven Secrets. And those are books that I just sort of flipped through really quickly and said, hey, this looks interesting. Let me try a couple issues, see what they're about, that kind of thing. Okay. Hmm. okay. So what about you, John? It's funny. He's saying that and he's making me he's making me realize he opened my mind to certain books because I told you before I was mostly at Superman Legion of Superheroes and I saw some Hulk books that my friends were because uh, there was a brief period we would like trade comics and I saw some Hulk books, some old Salvi summer Hulk books and I was able to finagle and get some of those. But because of him, he got me to like um, Justice League International, that, and that was like 88, because he would just start, he would open my mind up more to the stories, because before then, I would go a little bit more with the art. If it wasn't for Superman, I would go mostly for the art. Okay. And he would start I talking know about- almost nothing about art, so. <laughs> like I told him, I recognize a couple of artist styles, but that's pretty much it. For the most part, I was just, you know, I was, I'll suffer through some bad art if the story isn't compelling enough. Oh, wow. And he switched me from going with strong art to accepting, you know, a good story. I mean, if the artwork is horrible, I'm still going to like chuck it, you know, if, you know, if certain artists, you know, are doing it. But he got me into Justice League International, Justice League Europe. Um, for a while, he had me go, he had me reading Starman just because he was able to connect the stories and, you know, get into the characterization. And he opened my mind up to a lot of that. Mostly Justice League, though, because his constant ranting about Guy Gardner just made me get curious. What is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, you you can sell me on a book if you like start intriguing me about things like in the early 80s, um, my friend Clarence got me into Teen Titans. You know, George Perez this and George Perez that. I'm like, okay, let me take a look at this. But I then I I was I was I was reading um Teen Titans. He also got me into Daredevil with Frank Miller. So I guess he was the one that got me more conscious about artists and Clark here got me more interested in the stories. Okay, so, all right. So this is something I want to ask you guys about too. So I think it's very interesting. All right, so you just referred to Stefan as Clark. So, and it's funny because like right now um, in this, in this uh, video, like he has a Superman t-shirt on sitting in the light in the sun and you are looking like Batman in the shadows with a blue tint around your butt, around a halo around you with, with, with New York City in the background. So that's just very, so much so that I didn't say anything to you about it, about your lighting, because it almost fit the situation. So ironically, I, I didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> so, um, so how did you, where, where does Clark and, and, and Bruce situation come from? How, what's the little, what's the origins of that? Okay. From my recollection, it's mostly because it's mostly image-wise than anything else. Um, he's more the Boy Scout than I'll ever be. He's nicer than I am. He's a lot more optimistic. He has a sunnier disposition than I ever can ever dream to have. And it's the time that you were getting married. So y'all were going through your trials and tribulations and you remain positive and optimistic and you we're juggling everything around. So you, you appropriately got the name Superman, but you're not going to, you don't have the S on your chest. So we just went with Clark. Me on the opposite, not, I, I don't have the same optimistic, positive view on things. I'm a lot more cynical. 
Darren even meaner than he is, so I got the nickname Bruce. That's cool. And like I say, I, and, 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 and his then wife at his then wife at the same time who was going through her on tri- um, trials and tribulations, she ironically got Diana. So we actually were Trinity for a while. <laughs> all right. All right. But um, he's 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 right about that. I probably was the one that came up with the nickname, and it kind of stuck just because, only because of personality. Okay. No, so, if, you, if you talk to him about anything, he's usually upright and a lot more. Like he even got me to join that newspaper, and and I had nothing but dark and dismal and. He 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 almost physically had to make, had to force me to do it because I had nothing but gloom about the um, about those people. That's kind of like uh, the origin. I didn't realize it was like in the late nineties because we we met in eighty eight and he got married like in the late nineties. So I didn't realize it was that late. But okay. it it kind of it kind of made sense when it when it came about, and we've we've used the nickname ever since. All right, so y'all went from being classmates to realizing you have this. Uh, um the same love for comics and heroes and stuff to, like that to just you know like a friendship and all that and so how did it turn into you guys being a a writing duo um how, how did it morph into that because that's a whole different step than just you know enjoying something together but then becoming like in a partnership for for something like that um it that started out gradual actually um i guess in our conversations about comics we also realized we talked to each other that we wanted to be creators mm-hmm. and you know i guess most people you know most kids when they're you know reading comics growing up a lot of them have ideas of making their own comics you know you, you either have ideas for the comics that you're reading or you create your own he had had that and i had the same idea and I was working on little ideas before. Now, mind you, both of us are writers. We don't have any art skills. So these are all concepts and ideas that are on paper. Yeah, and, I mean, I did stick figures back when I was in IS-10, but that was about it. And I I, I can actually screw up a, a stick figure so that um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even do that. Uh, I, I know my limitations. Um, I'm good at, you know, coming up with some of the ideas and exploiting some of them. He was he was better, you know, with what he did. And we slowly started, you know, blending some ideas together. We, you know, with hopes of trying to come up with our own comic book. And seeing things that happened in various books that we wish were done differently, that kind of thing. We would spark ideas of, you know, eventually writing stories of our own. So I think of so I think of creating the things that you don't see. So that, that's a that's a beautiful place to come from. And the funny part about that is, it's a lot of times if you don't see it and you're missing it, somebody else is too. Yeah. And this is where like uh, those things I was telling you about with how he got me to read certain other comic books came, you know, connect us. Mm-hmm. He was very big on characterization, and essentially that's what he got. That's what got me to read those Justice League books and incorporate some of those ideas into what we wanted to do. Like before Justice League International, a lot of those comics, particularly from DC, where all the superheroes were were here to save the day, and they all had these plastic personalities. They were all the same. You could you, you could you could erase the pictures and use the dialogue, and you would have no idea who was saying, "Let's save the world," "Let's do this, that, and the other," because they were all the same. And Justice League International, you started to see different voices. 
And when Stefan and I were talking about doing our stuff, we kept that in mind. We wanted to go with a little bit more characterization. You know, you know of course you're going to have plot to it, but we were going to go with more characterization, more story. You know, anybody can just come up with a comic with people just fighting each other every week or every month and you know, and things like that. But that was the difference of what we tried to do. Unfortunately, because of our age, real life kicked in. So everything that we were hoping to try and do took us a, a back seat because we were talking about it while he while we were still in city college. But the next semester, he graduated. He went back into the Marines, hmm. so we couldn't jive our ideas like we wanted to then because you know he's boot camp and wherever wherever the U.S. government. As you know, wherever the government decided to send you, right. that's your task. And you have to take care of that first. He came out and he had to get himself, you know, back into the you know workforce. So little things kind of kept us from actually materializing that dream. And then it was me going to California, and then it was things back and forth. So we still kept up with each other on the idea, but we were never able to completely produce the idea because, you know. Even even more so, he mentioned he got married. Now he has a wife and a child inherited from the marriage, and he eventually had his own. So it's just you know, you think that you know, okay, wow, we have time and space to do this. Nope, something else just popped up, and then you know, you fast forward a little bit further. He's no longer married, but we both have a similar situation where we have elder parents, mm-hmm. you know, and. Stuff yeah. like that. Well, life, life, life definitely happens, but that don't mean your dreams go away, and it doesn't mean that no, it's never, not. it's never no um, expiration date on on creativity and, and being able to express. So that's the beautiful part definitely, about definitely it. Definitely not. And stuff is definitely. always about timing as well, too. So sometimes it's it's, what, it's like that whole thing about you know never such thing as late or early, just right on time for certain things. And I think that creativity and expression falls like that because it's just really. It's just timing, just timing. So, so right on. So, so what were you guys are doing now to um, to connect and to kind of move forward with with your uh, writing team? Um, I'll say this. Um, one of the few benefits of the um, pandemic is the use of Zoom, and since I guess November or December. Um, we started Zooming every week and we actually, it's kind of like being able to see each other as opposed to, because we're never, neither one of us would ever really telephone people. And I would go down, I would venture off into DC once in a while, we'd connect and spend like four or five hours talking about stuff. And then we don't really see each other again for another couple of months, but we would email each other. But Zoom, we were able to once a week actually like, connect on what we're doing and follow up on certain things we're talking about and I think that's what's helping a lot more now than before if we if if I had known that zoom would have been that good I would have tried to you know do that you know years ago yeah yeah it, it well, about years ago, uh, and this is a thing and this is you Bruce a lot of times as you said before you know life has sometimes gotten in the way but he always kept that determination and every once in a while, it seemed like it was taking me too much life getting away. He would just sort of chime in with a, hey, Clark, are we still doing this kind of thing? And just sort of bring me back in. And then we'd get back on. And there were a few times where 
if not for his determination to keep it going, it might not still be going. Yeah, and that's he is, a, he is a Batman though, so you know how yeah. Batman is. <laughs> but also, it has something to do with our friendship too, because we. He's one of the handful of people, yourself included, who can get away with saying certain things to me, you know, and we'll talk to each other. Like, okay, one of the dynamics of our relationship is, and you'll notice this during the entire conversation, and he, he, he will laugh, he will not use one profane word. I, on the other hand, I have a, I have a colorful um, vocabulary. Um, so but that relationship, we are able to talk to each other basically anyway. We're not disrespectful to each other, but we can be completely frank and honest with each other and get and get those things done. So it, it's because of the friendship that we're able to, you know, I can come back and like annoyingly at times, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. And he'll tell me what he has to tell me and then blah, blah, blah. And then we'll, we'll get the wheels rolling again. But at the same token, I still know and I still knew at the time, yeah, he has kids he has to take care of. He has an elderly mother he has to deal with. So granted, time is not going to be, you know, just there plentiful. Right, right. So if it wasn't for the friendship, we wouldn't have been able to have, to have the communication to be able to do what we're doing. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But, but, but again, at the same time, my, my, my model was, and I'm still determined. I told him years ago, we're not going to be doing this when we're like 60 something years old. Oh, when it gets done, it gets done. Time doesn't necessarily matter. That 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 ridiculous <laughs> optimism that he throws out there. And I'm like, well, fuck you. We're not, we're not going to be old people doing this one. But blah, blah, blah. And, it, and if I was lying, he'd tell, he'd chime in right now and tell you, no, it ain't going like that. It, it usually goes similar to that. <laughs> this is true. I mean, think about that. That could be our niche you know yeah. the only downside to all of this is in the midst of us actually having a life and doing all this certain ideas that we've had have come out in the books and i'm like what the fuck this is something <laughs> that, that we, we were kind of like i'm not saying that they stole the ideas because ideas are like there are billions of people on the planet so people it's, it's possible two people want to share the same idea but damn <laughs> At one time, remember when I sent in that uh, one idea for the contest, uh, the, the Cyber Knights idea? Yeah. And the scenario that I sent in for the idea, no lie, I put it in the mail, sent it off. That day, I went to the store, bought a Daredevil comic, and I'm looking at that scenario almost identically in that comic. I'm going, and I just sent this off for a contest. They're not going to take it because here it is in a Daredevil comic already. Yeah. That's funny how ideas go. But the thing about it is, um, even though ideas could be similar and stuff like that, we all kind of contribute and make things different with our perspective. It'll be different just because we did it. And also it's a thing where somebody that's blatantly trying to copy is different than somebody who has a similar idea. You know, because yeah. you, you you have your perspective in there that they'll never have. And that could be as far as like how you grew up, your culture and things like that, that'll make it. So when people do come across things that look similar, don't give up on your own um, idea on it because oh, the fact definitely. that you touched it will make it different. Definitely. And 
one of the things, one, another thing that makes what we're doing, when it eventually comes on our paper, you know, provided we actually get a decent artist, that's that's the side part. Um, we are constantly talking over what we want to do plot-wise to make sure it makes sense with the other because he's extremely logical. He's the mo one of the most intelligent people that I know, always thinking. But I like to pass things over. My ego is not too big that I can't pass it over to him. And because I respect his opinion, he'll tell me, okay, are you sure you want to do this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And he'll run all things down to me that are possibly negative to me just to make sure that I didn't, you know, think about that. Sometimes I would have wanted to do it the way, you know, that it's going out there, but at least it's something that, you know, I'm taking, you know, I'm taking his opinion into effect, into account. But our, both our views are like that. He'll do the same thing and I'll point out something like, you know, you're going to run into trouble if you do this. We've always gone for better stories, bigger type stories and not just domestic, you know, inner city gang type stuff. We wanted to go a little bit further than that. Yeah, look at all the different angles and possibilities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very important to, like I said, because um, perspectives do matter, especially if you got these ideas in your head that you want to express, then it's just, you know, matter of timing. Um, a long time ago, when Marvel came out with um, the Ultimates, mm -hmm. we thought, mostly me and clark we thought about it, and a couple other people that i knew we thought the idea would be cool to have a dc version of the ultimates because we just thought you know it'll be nice to come up with dc characters that are more up to date because superman is like like 1938 and all these other characters are they're old so we figured how marvel was refreshing their line it would have been a good idea to do the same thing with dc and we actually had some really nice innovative and a lot of innovative ideas to the stories and they were very in inclusive so it would have been a diverse dc universe with what we had and we it fell apart because we couldn't get an artist and real life takeover and all that stuff so speaking of that because you kind of have to have that with your with your words what are you guys looking for in an artist with me you have to be able to convey a story panel to panel effectively and it has to affect the mood that that writer is, you know, come up with. Mm -hmm. Those things have to jive perfectly. That to me, that's what makes a great artist. I mean, anybody could just put together a page, you know, based on what's, you know, what's being asked of them. Mm -hmm. But a really good artist knows exactly what the artist is trying to convey. Like the Burn books, um, the, the Burn Claremont books of, with the X Men, you have to be able to convey not only the story, but you're going to have to be able to convey the mood, and everything has to. That's what matters to me in a in a story. Um, some people aren't very good at doing that. So, I mean, Clark. I mean, you 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 say you say what works for you, but I I know for me, I'm I'm a lot more anal. If you don't do that, then I'm I'm probably not going to pick up your book. And like you said, sometimes I've been you know more accepting of art that didn't do that. Um, you might remember the, the New Mutants around the time when uh, the New Mutants around the time that Bird Boy was in it. They had a character that they called Bird Boy. And Warlock would be drawn. He looked more like a hallucination than anything else. Sort of like, you know, real abstract art instead of a recognizable character. He was drawn in such a way that he looked like you were hallucinating while you were reading. 
Um, I think that's Bill Sienkiewicz he's talking about. Because I remember they went from Salvia Simmons to Bill Sienkiewicz, and it went radically from one type of look to another. And, I think that is guy. I think I remember that name. And if you're if you weren't really a fan of that type of art, the whole story would throw you off. And I it, it wouldn't surprise me if people just stopped reading the book because they just didn't like you know the change in styles. At the same token, it wouldn't surprise me if people bought it because of the same reason. His art was a lot more abstract. Mm. And see if if I'm editing. You know, I'm, if I'm doing the editing of our books, I can find use of Salvia Summer and for Bill Sienkiewicz. You would have to use Sienkiewicz like mostly for a mood thing where abstract art is a lot more. You you don't have to have as much action going in, but you're just trying to convey a story and, you know, a feel for it. And I would use Salvia Summer more for like emotion telling and, you know, getting a story along. That's how I would do it. But I can see where you didn't really, you know, pick up on the books that much because the artwork was a distraction. And in the beginning, I wasn't that big into the New Mutants because of that. And it took me a while to go back and then look at them like, okay, well, I can take this and then run with it. Now I love that style. I think for a while, Jay Lee had had a similar, um, you know, art style to that. I love looking at that. And like I said, certain styles go better with certain kinds of stories than others. And with, once again, going back to the books that you were telling me about, Kevin McGuire used to draw those and he was perfect for emotions and facial expressions. So you can have dialogue going on and you could just, you know, in addition to reading it, you're seeing somebody's facial expression describe what's what's going on and you love it. See, those little details I like to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does make a difference. It does make a difference. I appreciate the opportunity to, to do this. And it was great having you too. And I look forward to more conversations and, and to catch up with you guys' journey, you know, as, as creatives. And, Most uh, definitely. Look, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's great being here. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to more conversations and more insight. All right. And so until next time, peace. All right. Peace. This is Jay, and I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. I just want to let you know that this conversation is part of a larger conversation that continues on the next episode. Thanks for listening.